0: Good Company, honest and transparent conversations between two good mates on an entrepreneurial journey together. Join Lisa Corduff and myself, Carly Nimmo, while we explore what it means to create, grow and keep good company. Life and business is better when you're keeping good company.
1: Hey, Lisa. Firstly, loving your new podcast, so thanks for being brave and putting it together. I would love if you could cover a topic of how to push through with your dream, even though those around you don't necessarily support you, show interest, etc. <laughs> I guess it's building resilience to it, really, and following your own passion. However, it would be great to get some advice or tips of when your friends, in inverted commas, don't necessarily support you in what you're trying to create. In line with this, I guess any tips for finding your tribe would be helpful whilst navigating the school mum scene, if you know what I mean. Cheers, Natalie. Thank you, Natalie, for this awesome question. When you sent it through to the inbox, I forwarded it straight to Carly. I'm like, we got to talk about this.
0: Totally. We so so need to talk about it. And kind of ironic, really. Well, I don't know the timing of it was impeccable because I had just come back from a trip to Melbourne, which always seems to take me back in time to an older version of me. And I went to my best friend from high school's 40th birthday, who I love. And it just became really apparent to me that some people are never going to get me. They're never going to get what I do. And, uh, And that was really confronting for me.
1: And so, but you had a new realisation that it kind of doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. It not kind of doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I just had this realisation that as the last, maybe the last decade, Has been this process of me coming back to me and figuring out who I am and being okay with who I am, learning to know, like and trust myself, et cetera, et cetera. And as I've been doing that, I've been needing less and less validation from other people. Mm. But there were just a couple of people. I mean, human beings require validation at times. I'm not saying Mm. like it's an evil thing, but the level of validation that I required was unhealthy. And and so there was just a couple of people who I weren't really expect or I wasn't I didn't really think that I was seeking validation from them but at the weekend it just became very apparent that I absolutely was The first thing they said to me both people were what's with the red hair <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like oh, yeah. Excuse me! <laughs> <laughs> is is there something wrong with the red hair, or like that's not an opening comment <laughs> to to lead with? <laughs> <So bad. laughs> um, and and, and how did it been, me? That? I know. You, what? You,
1: what no, you like, mean? hey, how
0: you been the last few years? Just <laughs> what's with the red hair? <laughs> um. And if it had been me a few years ago, that would have cut me to the core. You know, it would have been so hurtful. But I was just kind of (laughs) like... Really? That's your leading, that's your leading question. Uh, After all the things that I've done over the last few years, the, you know, (laughs) two number one iTunes hits, the the successful online course, my retreats, running a mastermind and you ask what's with the red hair. Like, you know, I got bigger fish to fry in this world and I really don't care what you think about my red hair. It's going gray anyway soon. So then I'm no doubt you'll judge me for my gray hair. Point is, you are never, ever going to be able to please everyone. You are never, ever going to get validation from everyone. And sometimes you're not going to get validation from the people you most desperately want it from. And at some point we have to get okay with that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I feel like for me, I when I moved to Brisbane, for a few years there i just i had this facebook page and and a blog that i'd kind of randomly do stuff with but i was i was kind of on facebook but i was meeting people and what i did was um sell thermomixers you know that's what i was doing to get out of the house to earn a, a bit of cash on the side i was pregnant again and had an, had another baby and for the people that i met in in brisbane uh That was who I was because we arrived there, um, my son was two and my daughter was about four months old. And I was just in that zone. Uh, I was a a full-time mum and, you know, did a few Thermomix demonstrations when the need arose. And that's how I, that's how they knew me. So they didn't know me as anything else apart from that. And so when the the Facebook page and the blog started to gain a bit of momentum and and I launched Small Steps to Whole Foods, they were all like, wow, this is so awesome. But then, uh, then and they were all behind me, they were all 100% supportive, but then it did just kind of start, people just started to uh disappear off a little bit but that was also probably me because i was really busy but suddenly i couldn't talk to them but my the, my struggles weren't around it was still i was still very much about the the kids and all that kind of stuff obviously i had a baby home with me the whole first year of running this as a business but it was like my conversations were changing And there were some key people who didn't care what I was doing. It didn't matter to them in the slightest what was happening with my Facebook page and my business and all that kind of stuff. I was just Lisa to them. Lisa, their friend. Those people stuck around. I value them. They value me for the person that I am. But for some people, it was obviously triggering the shit out of them. And then they kind of just disappeared. And I feel like... And then my son started school and I was meeting people on the basis of, you know, who I am as a person. And you just attract the right people. I wasn't looking for other entrepreneurs or anything like that. It doesn't matter to me what anybody does. And if it, if it matters to them, like, I know, we're probably just not going to be friends. However, I I was starting to notice that there were conversations I couldn't have with people who weren't in this space. And I was so grateful. I was grateful originally for um, joining B-School. I never did that course, but it exposed me to a whole community worth of people. Including me? including you, which, oh, my God, I just have not been able to shake you off ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. I've um, been trying, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and what that was was, you know, then you just naturally started to gravitate to, towards people. And we had, there was someone in B-School, Phoebe, who put together a free mastermind, which we joined. And, you know, that was a really great way to, for us to just have somewhere to dump our stuff. And then, but then it felt like that was quite a big group, and there were people we were kind of naturally drawn to. And that's how, and those friendships have really gotten me through. Because it's very hard when, you know, Natalie's right, when you've got this passion and you've got this thing that sits outside the scope of what other people know about life, to number one, keep pushing ahead even if they do congratulate you and support you and know exactly what it is that you're doing because it's a freaking hard road. But when they don't, it is so essential to start seeking out and connecting with like-minded people online. In fact, last night my brother-in-law and sister-in-law were over for dinner and Nick was saying how it's like I've been online dating, how people come into our life, like people come and visit or whatever and he's like, Lisa's met these these women online like she's just got an online crew and and then sometimes they appear and other times they're just names to me and I was like wow that is what's happened and I'm totally cool with that that I'll have people in my life who really get the whole business side of things and then I just won't but I can still show up as Lisa in both
0: yeah and I think I think that's important right like you are, the danger comes when you expect your friends and your family and all that kind of jazz to support you because that is when things can get a bit messy, right? So we, ha- we so for me, I know when I had the Office Collective, it very quickly turned from, you know, me being really passionate about something to it not working out and then me being really resentful towards A lot of my friends because they weren't supporting me and that is where the danger comes in right like Mm. we can have friends all of our friends don't have to be entrepreneurs in fact i feel like it's good to have you know connections outside of this little bubble that we live in so that we can be remain connected in some respect to like the real world (laughs) um but we can't expect those people to support us. Expectations are absolutely a killer of any kind of joy because Mm. we're then expecting something from people that, number one, they probably don't even know that we're expecting it from them. Mm. So the resentment is just living and bubbling within us. They have no idea that they're letting us down or whatever. But also just because we're now working for ourselves and we're now wanting to change the world or, or or we've now seen our potential, it doesn't mean that we still can't connect with people outside of that world.
1: Totally. Absolutely. I find sometimes that I get worried about offending people. So I get there's something about uh, living and working your something that feels really good, like your passion, That is triggering to people because so many of us, like me, we're just doing things to just bring in some money, you know, doing what you have to do, not really loving it. So sometimes I play down and, you know, it's such a, I think it's a very Australian thing to do as well. And I also people please. So what I'm finding is that I just need to, it's like there's, it's sometimes like there's two different leases and I am trying to meld that more and more because, you know, Natalie probably has realised that, well, is is feeling it, that uh, it, what you just said, it was a bubble. It is kind of like a bit of an exclusive club, people who've decided to really go out on their own. And go through all of the the risk that that involves and the vulnerability that that involves. And it just, it's just an, an added level. It's, you know what it's like um, talking to people who haven't had kids about kids and you know that they're listening, but they don't really get it. Yeah. And I was that
0: person and I resented the people who had the kids who you know, because I felt totally on the outside and I felt like they made it really obvious that I could never understand because I didn't have kids. And Mm. before I had the kids, I found that to be super insulting. Mm. And then after I saw, yeah, like it is hard to understand because unless you're, unless you're walking in, in the shoes, you don't know how they fit. Mm. And that's not like a um yeah, that's not like a diss or anything. You know, it's not like a well, you don't get it. It's, no, no. You know, that's that's not the intention. Now I understand when I have friends who don't have kids and and they are full of the well-meaning advice as to how I should parent Mabel or <laughs> what my struggles are, it's like I I just I listen. And I don't have any resentment towards them or I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, that's cool. And it's the same with the business thing, right? Like so the people around me who are in it can relate and the people who aren't in it can't necessarily
1: relate. And that's okay. I, I can still have conversations with both. And I think the important thing too is is that like you said in the very beginning, it just doesn't matter what other people think, so I have often felt like, "Oh my gosh, maybe I should just go and get a job or you know blah, blah, blah. Uh, and and I think about myself in the context of other people's lives because and I shouldn't, but I'm saying this because I just decided to keep going anyway, and I think with Natalie. You know, how do you follow through on your dream, keep pursuing it, even if people don't support you or show interest? And that could even be your partner as well. And I know that there's been times where Nick was frustrated because it was a lot of work for very little return Mm -hmm. in those early years. Sure, there was revenue, but it was all being pumped back into the business and it was starting to get to the point where it was like, is this thing going to... And I'm like, dude, you don't realize this is actually successful. I know it doesn't feel like that because you're about the numbers and I'm about the numbers too. But in when you're growing a business, there's a lot of investment back into it, and and I just had to keep going because for me there was no other choice really. I couldn't, I can't figure out now how I would be employed again. I'm sure I could go and get a job totally, 100%, but the more and more I do this, the more I realize there's a there's so many different ways to earn revenue and income from from a business or you know online and all that sort of stuff and I just think this is who I am now it's actually who I was always and it is probably who you are Natalie if you've got this burning desire and you're just having to bust through and think okay you don't get it you're not supporting me But I'm going to just have to say, that's okay, this is what I'm doing and I believe in myself because that belief is the thing that will keep you going. It's almost like you have to sort of put put a little protective mask on and just like walk through that fire (laughs) knowing you're just going to be fine and you've just got to get to the other side.
0: And it's not your job to have to explain things to people either. You know, it's not your job to have to justify what you do Um, the other thing that one of the people who asked me about my red hair said to me was, um, my, my mate had said to me, oh, so how were the retreats? Was it like the best ever? And I was like, oh, it was so amazing. I just absolutely loved it. I'm thinking of holding, holding one at my parents, one of my parents' house. And this particular person, not my friend, but, um, someone very close to her said to me, so... Yeah, you should totally do one down here. There's so many weirdos around. <laughs> and I was Choice like, words. "I'm I'm not quite sure how to take that." <laughs> and then she was like, "Oh, I just mean like there's lots of hippies around here, so, you know, you'd probably do quite well." <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting thing oh, was okay. I, what I realized was that I had spent a lot of my life trying to be accepted by these people and I never have been. (laughs) So it's just been this constant battle of me trying to fit some kind of mold so that some people in my life would accept me. And now I'm in a place where I don't need to fit into their mold, you know, and that comes with practice. It comes with practice of constantly owning Owning yourself, you know, owning who you are, being okay with that, accepting that other people come from where they're at, not
1: where Mm. you're at, you know. Yeah, you just cannot be responsible for other people's reactions. But it's so funny. I can't remember if I've shared this story before on the podcast. But my my sister's a really intensely private person, and I got onto the first Big Brother. And before anyone knew what Big Brother was, I was like, oh, my God, this sounds so fun. Quarter million dollars just hang out in a house. I could totally do that. I was at uni and I just kept going through to the next round, the next round, the next round thinking, what the hell is this? And suddenly they want me in the house. I'm like, what? I, I don't actually know what this is. And my sister was beside herself. So was my boyfriend at the time, actually, and his mother. But my sister was like, "You can't do this. You can't do this to our family. I don't want people to know where we live or who we are. I don't want, I don't want you exposed. I don't want this at all. Like, if you're gonna, ha- if you have to do it, do it." But she was really, really upset about it, and for a lot of different reasons, I said no. Thank goodness. But I made the decision based on, you know, it did really come into it that I did not want to upset her life. I did not want her to feel, and she's got so many issues with how I show up on social media and, you know, even just sharing pics of the kids and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I can't I can't not do what I'm meant to be doing because it upsets someone who I really love and respect so much. And that's so hard, right, because I think, like, I feel like, most
0: of us are dealing with that in one way or another. It might not be as big as you know, I was chosen to go on Big brother and i I chose <laughs> not to, <laughs> yeah, but you know, like we are yeah. all dealing with that, yeah, but sometimes also we're we're trying to protect those people yes. so so I remember you and I having a conversation, and my mum was around, and we were I was driving Mum and Mabel somewhere, and we were talking about. I don't know, we're, you were just talking about me and on speakerphone. you're on speakerphone and we're talking about, you were saying, but Carly, you've just got to do it because, you know, the world needs this. Like you're, what you're saying is absolutely what people need to hear. And most of the time, whenever I'm talking about that kind of stuff, like my work stuff and um, my purpose and my podcast and what I'm here for, I try to protect my mum from that for some reason. And and so I'll talk to you. If I'm talking to you, I'll go into another room because I feel like that's not a version of me, mum needs to see. But after we had the conversation, um, and you were saying how everyone else sees me, you know, and how I don't see myself in the same light as everybody else sees me and all that kind of jazz. Mm-hmm. Just a friendly reminder, as usual. A <laughs> yeah. times. And afterwards, my mum was like, Carly, you've just got to do it. You've just got to do whatever you've got to do to do whatever you want to do, <laughs> you know, and it was just so freeing. But I had been mm-hmm. protecting her from that, you know, mm-hmm. that side of me and mm-hmm. a bit the same with Miko. I tend to do with that with Miko too. Um, but all the time when they see you, and they see how other people are seeing you. Because most of their issue, if they really are close to you and care about you, is that they don't want you to be hurt. They also don't want themselves to be, you know, collateral damage, Um, but they don't want you to be hurt. So it's their fear and they're trying to protect you from their fear. Mm. And so for me, I'm often trying to protect them from, I guess, my own fear that they have a fear you know what i mean like that's that's really confusing (laughs) yep sure but but we do right like sometimes we are hiding who we really are from the people that we love due to the fear that we think they might have and it's all based on assumptions
1: every assumption is the mother of all fuckups yeah yeah And, oh, 100%. And I remember Nick being really unhappy in his job job, and me talking about my work as though it's just so hard and blah, 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 because I didn't want to make him feel bad that I just love. I wake up every day and I think about small steps. I think about, you know, the membership. What can I be doing in that? You know, what can I share? Like, And then I think about you know, what's happened in my day that would be valuable for people to hear about and help them. And it, I just, I can't, you know, it. I love it. It turns me on. I just, it lights me up. And when someone else around you isn't particularly lit up in their life, you can absolutely dim yourself. And so the way that I combated that, someone told me that when I rise, other people rise around me. And I do think that that's true, and I think that's an important message for Natalie in in terms of when you do rise, it shifts the energy all around you. And so when you're sitting in a positive space, there is a ripple effect to that, and it might ripple out and hit people and smash them them. in the face. Yes. And then there's other people who will be like, oh, feeling a bit unsettled about this. And they might get a bit introspective and look at why. There's other people who just be like, man, I want what you're having. The fact is you can't be responsible for any of that. You don't know the effect. But what are you going to do? Just sit there and do nothing or work a job you hate or just do it.
0: Live do a it. mediocre life because you're afraid of the effect that you Reaching your full potential is going to have on the people around you. That is not the, that is not the way to live because in fact, when you do allow yourself to shine, sure, you might affect some people negatively. It's not your responsibility, but there are others who might be triggered by it and take action of their own based on that. As you rise, Mm -hmm. the people around you who choose to be there rise. And the others, Mm -hmm. it's okay to let them go. You know, and that was really the the lesson that I learned that weekend was that as I rise, people do fall off. Mm -hmm. And that there's a grieving process that's attached to that. And sometimes it's really painful. But what I've found is that by by sticking at that level, I'm keeping myself small. Mm -hmm. When I play a larger game, I attract people who are more at my vibrational match, if you want to get all woo, you know. So it's like, but there's a certain element of trust that has to happen there too, because Mm. we are going to lose people.
1: We are. Mm. Yeah. And also, you know, I am a person who used to feel like more friends is better. Yes. And I, I was always someone who gathered a lot of people. I was just That was kind of the thing. And now I don't know whether it was having kids. It was probably having kids actually and really starting to drill down on if I've got spare time, who do I want to spend it with? But now I'm so much more about quality over quantity and we've just moved and so my kids are at new kinders, new schools and I just don't really give a shit. About making friends with everybody,
0: we were I talking just, this we were talking about this when I was down there, right? Yeah, I just it's the I think it's the like having moved around so much, it takes a good couple of years to establish yourself anywhere. and that's absolutely online, you know, solid friendships take time to develop. I mean, there's some people that you connect with, and you're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, instant friends. Mm. but but it takes a long time to establish yourself anywhere. And yeah, and I used to be the same, collecting lots of people. And the more people, like if I had lots of people around me, I couldn't be lonely. Mm. But it's not about the it's it's definitely quality over quantity.
1: Yeah, yeah. So don't feel like you have to fit in. Don't feel like, like the right people will will appear. I think. And I mean, should we should we say that we're thinking about? Well, we're going to start. A little. Oh, yeah. Facebook yeah, I guess group. we should commit to that. Let's do it. Because okay. we <laughs> I have some small steppers who were like, can we have somewhere to talk about this stuff? Because my mind is being blown and I need to talk about it. So we're opening up a little a Facebook group, Keeping Good Company. Should we just call it the we Keeping should Good Company? Just com- keep it. By the time you listen to this, we will have done it. Um, so you can go there if you need to talk about this stuff more. Uh, we'll have a think about, um, and you just never
0: know what happens when you join a Facebook group like this, right? Because yeah. that's how we met was through yeah. a Facebook group.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it depends on how you show up in that Facebook Absolutely. group, Absolutely, what you'll get back in return. So we'll, we'll have our little, um, note in that Facebook group about what it's all for and how you can use it and how it might help. And you know my resistance was you know oh my gosh another Facebook group because I run a lot of Facebook groups and I'm in a lot of paid you know well you know I have I run a lot of paid Facebook groups so people who do my courses so it's it's probably going to be more more establishing community so for people like Natalie who are looking for the peeps who need somewhere to you know dump um yeah. Keeping good company Facebook group, yeah, shit, doing it, doing oh. it. <laughs> but here's the thing: this is how Carly and I go into things. If it's is it feeling right? Um, can I do it? I needed a little bit of time to think about it. Um, okay, and if it is feeling right, what are the boundaries we put around it? What are the parameters? How can we? How can this be helpful for other people? And but also
0: serving us in us. some way. Yeah.
1: Yep, and. And then we we make a decision to create an experiment. Really, let's just see how it goes.
0: Yeah. So if we if don't it becomes- enjoy it. In fact, on that note, you know, I've just decided to close Radcasters mm. because I think sometimes we hold on to things too long, including friendships. This is mm-hmm. all related. One mm-hmm. thing, all things, due to fear. You know, yeah. and and I've been holding on to Radcasters. Due to fear. And so, and it it, it doesn't feel good. And when I look in the future, it's not part of my um, where I'm going. And where I'm going feels really huge and scary. And so it's quite easy for me to go, oh, yeah, but I could just stay in this space with all the things that I have. But it's time for me to move
1: on. I think it's like, what do you need to let go of in order to be able to make room for what you need? Absolutely. And you know, do we need to let go of the idea that all our friends are going to be able to understand, accept, support, you know, cheer us on in order to be able to make room for the thoughts and feelings that we need to actually move forward? And you're like, I need to let go of Radcasters because I need to make room for yeah. The book launch and the speaking gigs and the this and that and also just energetically. I remember when I decided to retire Small Steps to Whole Foods, which was the eight-week course that my whole business was built on. And I was asked at the start of this year, what do you need to let go of in order to be able to make room for a great year? I was like, shit, I think it's Small Steps to Whole Foods. And I let it go and it was
0: so risky. And every time we do it though, something amazing happens, right? Every time we do it, something amazing happens. So, you know, when I shut the office collective, I fell pregnant. That was amazing. When, um, you know, each time I've done something ceremoniously big like this, let go of something really huge, something big really happens because I've created the space. So, you know, in terms of your friendship circles, um, what is it that you need to let go of? Is it friendships or is it just the belief or the the need for them to validate you? Like what can you do to create some, you know, lightness, some space and mm. then let, go, let those things go, whether they're friendships, whether they're beliefs, whether, th- whether it's just the expectation of validation. Mm. You know, we get to choose what we hang on to and what we let go. Absolutely. I guess see you in the Facebook group. Whoa! Let's do it. Party time. Doing it. Creating space (laughs) so we can. I'm creating space. Make (laughs) friendships. Good times. See you next week. Thanks for sticking around. See you next Monday. Remember to subscribe and keep. Good company.